Hey friends, I'm Jenny Meyer, and you're listening to the Rooted Truth Podcast, where we look at the world through a biblical lens. We talk about real life, biblical truth, and how to walk with Jesus through it all. Be sure to follow me on social at Jenny Meyer and at The Rooted Truth. Also, be sure to subscribe to the members-only, all-exclusive episodes on The Rooted Truth Podcast by going to www.therootedtruth.com. Now let's get started. Hey everyone, we are back at it. We are walking through the Bible. Today, we are going through the book of Numbers. Numbers and Deuteronomy cover about the same time frame as you will see when we get to Deuteronomy next time, as it is like kind of just a quick retelling of Numbers, as well as the last three sermons per se of Moses. But again, that is next time. Now, looking at the book of Numbers, we know the author is Moses, and it was written somewhere between 1440 and 1400 BC. It covers the the time span of the second year after the Exodus through the 40th year. So it covers this time that they are basically wandering in the wilderness. Some believe that Moses actually wrote this book like a journal throughout the time in the wilderness, although obviously it cannot be certain whether he wrote it all at one time or a span of 38 to 40 years. So the book starts out at the base of Mount Sinai. We left off at the end of Exodus when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to receive the commandments from the Lord. Then we saw God speak all throughout the book of Leviticus as he was giving his laws to Moses to then tell the people. So now here we are in Numbers, still at the base of Mount Sinai, with the book starting off as a continuation of the instructions to the Hebrews. The book of Numbers essentially kind of bridges that gap between these Israelites or Hebrews receiving the law, as we saw at the end of Exodus and all of Leviticus, and then preparing them to enter the promised land, as we will see when we kind of get to the book of Joshua. The main theme we see throughout the book of Numbers is, one, the holiness of God, two, his presence among his people, since they only moved when there was a pillar of um, of cloud by day or a pillar of fire by night. That's the only time they they moved because that was God showing them and guiding them along the way. And number three, One of the main themes is the grumblings and discontentment of the people as they get angry with Moses, they get angry with God, and then we see God's response to that throughout this book. The first 25 chapters of the book actually chronicle the experience of the first generation of Israelites in the wilderness, while the rest of the book, so chapter 26 um, through the end of the book, describes the experiences of the second generation. And we'll chat more about those two different generations in just a second. But let's kind of what we're going to do in this this episode is we're going to literally kind of walk through each chapter of this book the book of numbers. So it starts off like one of the first sections is chapter one through 10. The Israelites are at Mount Sinai. And we see in chapter one, this census taking place, the numbering of the people, the men. Um, Chapter two moves on to the organization of the tribes within the camp. So throughout all the Israelites, we have the 12 tribes. Chapters three and four, we see assignments that are given to the priests and the Levites. And the Levites were chosen to do God's service. Like we talked about in the book of Leviticus, they were chosen to do God's service um, 
and be priests, right? And so that those chapters kind of go over the duties of the families of Levi. Then moving on to chapter five, we have more laws of defilement, kind of a continuation from Leviticus. Chapter six talks about the Nazarite vow. So this is really interesting because this is those who took this vow, this this Nazarite vow were separated for typically about one month, um, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, but it's basically a sep- they're separated for a special service to God with very strict limitations. The word Nazarite comes from the root word Nazir, and forgive me if I'm saying that completely wrong, it means to separate or keep away from. And some people actually mistake this for Jesus being called a Nazarene, right? They thought that he was under this Nazarite vow, but he wasn't. He was a Nazarene because he um, was a resident of the town of Nazareth. So two different things there. So in chapter six, we also see Aaron's blessings at the end of that chapter. This is one of my favorite blessings throughout the Bible. I'm going to read just a few verses to you here in number six, starting in verse 22, going through verse 27, because I just love it. And I'm sure you have heard this in songs, um, especially that that song. I think it came out in 2020 by Carrie Job called The Blessings. This is where that comes from. Number six, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. I just love that blessing, um, and I'm sure you do as well. So moving on, we see chapters 7 through 10 as kind of those final instructions and events before departing Mount Sinai. So remember, they're still at the base of Mount Sinai, as we see at the end of Exodus and all throughout Leviticus. Much of chapter 7 deals with the offerings that the leaders of Israel brought to the tabernacle when the altar was dedicated. Then in chapter 8, we see the cleansing of the Levites, so these priests. Um, the Levites were were special. They were set apart. And in chapter nine, the Lord reminds Moses to have them celebrate the Passover. So this was the second Passover. Remember, the first Passover was when um, they were still in Egypt. And God says, you know, put the blood of a lamb over your doorposts on the sides of your doorposts, and the angel of death will pass over. So the firstborn will not die. So here in Numbers in chapter nine, this is the second Passover. It is to be celebrated on the 14th day of the first month, which was in the spring. Typically for us, it would be March or April. Next, we see in the beginning of chapter 10, the various uses of trumpets. That is, it's described all throughout that. And it goes on to explain what occasions they should be used for, what reasons they were blown. And then we finally see the Israelites depart Mount Sinai with the Ark of the Covenant in the second half of chapter 10. So that goes to the next kind of grouping, the next section, chapters 11 through 20. In this section, the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness, and then they settle in Kadesh. 
So it starts out with chapter 11. Only three days after their departure from Sinai, the people start complaining. So you see that was a main theme throughout this book. This attitude, like, so they had so much uh, um, lack of gratitude that displeased, like really displeased God. He struck the outskirts of the camp with fire to teach them this lesson. And after this, Moses then becomes super discouraged and upset that he actually asked God to kill him. We see this theme continue throughout the book. It actually goes on into chapter 12 that Aaron, which is Moses's brother, and Miriam, his sister, become super critical and disrespectful of Moses. So then with chapter 12, that happening, we see how God literally backs up his chosen servant of Moses and Miriam is struck with leprosy. So she has to live outside of the camp with leprosy. And if you read Leviticus, you um, understand kind of the laws that God gave them about this. And that was considered unclean. So when Moses was praying, um, he prayed for her healing and God answered her his prayers and she was healed of leprosy. And then in chapter 13 and 14 is where, in my opinion, it gets interesting. The 12 spies were sent into Canaan, the promised land, and 10 of those spies came back saying, oh my goodness, there are giants in the land. There is no way that we can overcome them, um, which ultimately resulted in the entire nation, all of the Israelites rebelling against God. So the only two people out of the 12 spies were Joshua and Caleb that came back and and trusted God um, and said, we can do this, you know, but because those 10 lacked faith in God's power to fulfill his promises of giving them this promised land, that affected the entire tribe or all all the tribes of Israel, all of the Hebrews, because they feared these giants more than they feared God. So after that, the people started complaining again, saying in, in chapter 14, verse two, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, if only we had died in this wilderness. So honestly, at that point, God gives them their wish because of refusing to accept God's judgment. He then determined that the Israelites would wander out and live in the wilderness for 40 years before they could enter the promised land. And that that generation that was alive, that did not trust God, that, you know, fed into the fears of those 10 spies coming back, they were then punished, essentially, of not seeing the promised land and being out in the wilderness an additional 38 years. Remember, it had already been two years. So at that point, like after two years, they could have entered the promised land. If those 12 spies would have all come back like, yep, we've got this, like God's got this, we can do this. But instead, 10 of them, 10 out of 12 said, nope, there's no way we can do it. They were looking to their own strength instead of God's God's strength. And because of that, that generation would die in the wilderness before their children then would inherit the promised land. So a total of 40 years. So chapter 15 actually goes back to various laws kind of restated. And then chapter 16 is honestly another example of rebellion. So essentially, the first cousin of Moses, Korah, and 25 leaders accused Moses and Aaron of taking too much authority, and they wanted to come in and basically appoint themselves to positions of authority. They refused to recognize that they were in rebellion against what God had commanded, right? So God was 
the one who appointed Moses and Aaron in the first place. And the result of this rebellion and going against God was that they were destroyed when God, this earthquake happens and God literally splits the ground open underneath them. So the the ground splits, the earth splits and swallows them. So they all see that, all the Israelites see that. And yet the next day, the people started complaining again. And moving on to chapter 17 through 20, first off, we see that Aaron's rod is the only one that buds out of the 12 that did. So basically that is showing like Aaron is doing God's will. God has Aaron in this in this position for a reason, showing that no, Korah and those 20, 250 leaders were wrong. Moses and Aaron are in a position of authority because God had them there. And then as we see moving on in chapter 18, the duties and responsibilities of the priests and the Levites, um, Aaron's line were outlined. And then chapter 19 deals with the cleanliness as well as the red heifer. So these sacrifices um, and ceremonial um, things happening. So the Israelites moved from Kadesh to the plains of Moab in chapter 20. And along that way, actually in in chapter 20, Miriam dies and then Aaron dies by the end of the chapter. So you have those two people who, who died during that chapter, chapter 20. And during this time, Moses actually makes a terrible mistake as well. So the people are complaining again that they have no water. God told Moses to speak to the rock. But instead, because Moses is so angry, he spoke to the people and then he struck the rock twice. And because of this, so he literally did not obey God because of this, he didn't get to enter the promised land, which was really sad because here he is like, you know, going, having to go throughout this journey, being the one that God uses to get the Israelites out of Egypt and out of um, being enslaved by Pharaoh. And then he doesn't even get to enter the promised land because he disobeys and he he tries to take the glory for himself, essentially. So then that leads us to kind of this third section, um, the last section of the book of Numbers, chapter 21 through 36. So with this, we see the Israelites enter the plains of Moab and journey throughout this region, right? So chapter 21, the Canaanite tribes actually attack Israel and they were defeated because of the Israel's complaining. After that, God sends these fiery serpents into the camp that are biting the people and the people are dying. So God told Moses to mount a bronze serpent on a pole and promise to heal. So anyone who was bitten that looked upon this pole, that just looked at this bronze serpent that they would be healed. Now, in my opinion, that is a foreshadowing of Jesus being crucified on the cross, right? Anyone who looks to him, believes in him, has faith that can move mountains, that he is who he says he is, will be healed. So I don't know how accurate that is, but that is my opinion that it is foreshadowing that um, Jesus essentially healing those who look upon him. So chapter 22 through 25, Balak, he is the king of the Moabites. So he instructed the prophet Balaam to curse Israel. But Balaam was unable to do that because God prevented him from doing it. 
his donkey, Balaam's donkey, actually speaks to him through God, right? God is using this donkey to speak to him and telling him, nope, you're not going to be able to do it, which is so cool. And it leads me to wonder, honestly, if animals actually spoke before the fall of man. I have no idea. Probably a lot of people would say no, but I don't know. I just think it's super interesting. So anyways, Balaam could not curse the Israelites. So then he advises the Moabite women to then entice the men of Israel, causing them to fall into idolatry and sexual sin, which went against the law of God. And it totally messed up. It totally messed up these Israelites. And then they had their punishment. They had their consequences. And we see a plague that comes that that kills 24,000 people. God sends this plague because they were not listening to him, right? So chapters 26 through 31, this second census was taken. And God then chooses Joshua to lead the Israelites since Moses wouldn't be going into the promised land with them. And in chapter 28 and 29 actually goes back to dealing with sacrifices during God's festivals. And we saw that right in Leviticus chapter 23, all of the Lord's um, appointed times, his feasts, his festivals, and then vows were discussed in chapter 30. Chapter 31, we see the Midianites were defeated and Balaam, the prophet, was actually killed during that time. Chapter 32, the land on the east side of the Jordan River was then given to Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh. So we see this like breaking up of this land, right? Of, okay, here's the promised land, everything. Here is this east side of the Jordan River. These two and a half tribes get this. So this breaking up of the land. Then it's kind of this break in chapter 30, which or 33, um, that really just reviews the history of the Israelites and their wandering throughout the wilderness. The last few chapters, 34, 35, and 36, we have Eliezer, the priest, and Joshua then finish dividing up the inheritance of the land between the tribes of Israel, as well as like specific things for the Levites, which was set aside in chapter 35. So Ultimately, this book closes with judgments regarding inheritance, the second generation of Israelites. So remember, that first generation dies out. So this this book of Numbers covers a generation, covers that time frame. So we see this first generation die out and the second generation of Israelites being on the plains of Moab by the Jordan, which was opposite of Jericho, wanting to go into the promised land. So it's, you know, honestly, the book of Numbers, if you have that context and you have that understanding of what's going on, it's really interesting, this time span of this 40 years of being in the wilderness, um, wandering, you know, being at Mount Sinai, going to Kadesh, going to Moab and all the things that are happening and the complaints of the people. That's what continues to like stick out to me and honestly convicts my own life of like, you know, God provides we have to have this heart of thanksgiving and be thankful for what the Lord provides for us because that honestly would heal so much. Um, we wouldn't have these consequences, these punishments, if we're living in this state of constant um, rebellion and constant complaining. God does not like that. He does not like us to live in this um, state of complaining and discontentment. So ultimately, 
that wraps up the book of numbers. And and if you haven't read this book yet, definitely do so. It's so full of lessons that God wants us to learn from from these Israelites in their time in the wilderness, even all of this time later. Like I said, it is really important to live a life of thanksgiving. And in our prayer time, right, we need to be thankful to God and tell God, um, you know, praise him for all that he's done for us. He does not want us to be complainers. So again, I hope you guys are liking this journey and this um, walking through the Bible series on the podcast. This wraps up the book of numbers. And remember, if you'd like that free download that accompanies this series, then head to my website. It is at www.jennymeyer.com slash walking through the Bible. That is a free download. It is now updated to include the book of numbers. So all seven parts. Part one, we did the overview of the Old Testament. Part two, Genesis. Part three, we skipped ahead to Revelation. And if you listen to that, I explain why I did that. Part four is Job. Part five, Exodus. Part six, Leviticus. And part seven, Numbers. Remember, as we go throughout this, I'm doing my best to do it in chronological order so that we can really get a good feel of obviously the Old Testament, the New Testament. And if you haven't listened to the overview of the Old Testament or downloaded that walking through the Bible um, PDF, I have some images on there that really break down how the Old Testament how it is in chronological order. So we know that Job was happening during the time of Genesis, Exodus and Leviticus about the same times, right? Numbers, again, moving on to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is a quick review and during this time of, of numbers as well. So it's just super cool to me to walk through it chronologically because I was never taught that as a kid and I find it so much more interesting when I do that. So next time I'll be back with the book of Deuteronomy as we will look at really short time period. It's a 24 hour time period of Moses speaking to the Israelites before his death. So until next time, go download that um, free PDF on my website, jennymeyer.com slash walking through the Bible. And I pray that you are in his word each day and you are reading through it and letting it soak in and letting it change you. So I will see you guys next time. 